This week we're looking at the Bell Bay cases. These are a series of cases involving judicial review in the federal court. We'll be focusing on the first of the Bell Bay cases as a way to take a closer look at judicial review of uh, Commonwealth environmental protection law and take a bit more of a look about how judicial review works at the Commonwealth level in the federal court. So the Bell Bay cases involves a proposal for a pulp mill, which was, uh, which was a development that was proposed by a company called Guns Limited in Tasmania. The case is more formally known as the Wilderness Society Incorporated versus the Honourable Malcolm Turnbull, Minister for Environment and Water Resources. It's from 2007 and was heard in the Federal Court of Australia. That's the first of the cases that I'm talking about here. There were several others, but we'll come back to that later. There's quite a bit of information uh, within the material this week about the Bell Bay case and uh, about ju judicial review in general. And because of that, uh, I'm going to take um, take three podcasts to go over this material just to make sure that um, we've covered it clearly. So as I said, uh, the Bell Bay pulp mill was proposed by Guns Limited at Bell Bay on the Tamar River in Tasmania. It was a highly controversial proposal. It was an extremely divisive issue at the time um, and it, it was sitting at the nexus of community concerns, political debate, environmental impacts and jobs and economic development, which is why it was so controversial and divisive within the community. Now, of course, this is something that is uh, reminiscent of the Tasmanian Dam situation, uh, where we had a development proposal which was, again, highly controversial and divisive within the community and uh, within the, uh, the political sphere as well. However, for slightly different reasons, uh, and we'll come back to that a bit later. So yes, these are judicial review cases, and they are cases about uh, judicial review of the Commonwealth Environment Minister's decision about the environmental assessment of the Bell Bay pulp mill project. And this was a, an assessment that was undertaken under the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act of 1999, and that's Commonwealth legislation. So just to recap there, it's about decision-making processes uh, that are required under the Commonwealth Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. That legislation gives the Minister for the Environment at a federal level certain powers in relation to uh, making decisions about whether or not proposals can go ahead. And this is where we see uh, the, the decision-making of the Minister being challenged by the Wilderness Society 
in the case of Bill, the Bill Bay proposal. So remember that a judicial review is a challenge to the, the legality of a decision. And last week we saw something similar when we when we reviewed the judicial review of decision making um, in tweet number two, which was heard in the New South Wales Land and Environment Court. So we came across judicial review in the context of the New, New South Wales development consent um, process. And we saw that um, there was a judicial review in tweet number two, whereby the developer was, um, was appealing against the refusal of consent in that case. So now we're dealing with judicial review again, but at a different level of government. We're dealing with the judicial review of a Commonwealth Minister's decision making under federal law. And that's something that needs to be heard in the federal court. Uh, it's not something that would be heard in the New South Wales Land and Environment Court because it doesn't have jurisdiction over the federal legislation. So the Federal Court of Australia, a little bit of background to the federal court. It commenced its operation in February of 1977 after being created by the Federal Court of Australia Act 1976. So a bit like the Land and Environment Court that we saw uh, last week with the Tweet case, the Federal Court is a court that's been created by legislation. Now judicial review, um, the judicial review of a decision maker's decisions is something that sits within the general area of administrative law. So we're talking about uh, administrative law and the judicial review of ministers' decision-making powers uh, and the choices that the ministers made under those powers. Now this is a, in contrast to the Taz Dams case because the Taz Dams case was a constitutional law issue. So it was uh, it was questioning uh, the validity of Commonwealth law in comparison to state legislation. So we're not talking about constitutional law in this case, we're talking about administrative law, which is um, about the powers that the minister has to make decisions under the legislation and in this case the Wilderness Society challenging the way that the Minister had exercised those powers in relation to the Bell Bay proposal. Let's talk a little bit more about what judicial review is and this is material that you'll find on slide 8. So judicial review is addressing a breach of the law and the court is being asked to review and enforce the law. A, a judicial review is um, looking at whether a decision was within the power of the decision maker, and in this case, the decision maker is the Commonwealth Minister for the Environment. It's also looking at whether the decision was made according to the powers that exist within the legislation. And in this case, the legislation that we're talking about 
is the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act of 1999, which is the Commonwealth law that the Federal Envir Environment Minister uh, makes some decisions under in relation to uh, development in particular matters of national environmental significance. Also recall uh, from the tweet lecture that judicial review involves an examination of whether or not the decision-making powers were exercised in a reasonable way and that was certainly at issue in this case. Administrative law, um, which is what we're dealing with in, in judicial review, is con concerned with correcting any decision-making errors that might have occurred. It's not a criminal area of law, and what that means is that the consequences are not um, criminal in nature. So the minister is not going to be fined or incarcerated if, uh, if, it, if it's found that the decision a decision has breached the decision-making powers in the legislation. What can result is that the uh, the decision is returned, in this case, to the minister to be made again, but this this time in um, accordance with with the law. Now, we talked about judicial review last week in New South Wales. We're talking about judicial review this week at the Commonwealth level. But judicial review of administrative decisions is something that is available in all jurisdictions. So all states and territories and the Commonwealth. It's available under um, legislation. So parliaments have passed legislation to allow courts to undertake judicial review, um, but even if there is no specific legislation that covers judicial review, judicial review actions are something that exist under the common law. So courts will have the jurisdiction to review administrative decision making even if there is no legislation specifically about um, judicial review. And in this case, we're looking at the federal level and uh, the legislation that exists in relation to judicial review at the federal level is the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act of 1977. So again, this is a piece of Commonwealth legislation. It's a piece of legislation passed by the federal parliament in 1977. And it sets out um, a number of requirements in relation to the judicial review of administrative decisions. So that's just a bit of general uh, recap on judicial review and bringing uh, judicial review into the context of the Commonwealth jurisdiction, which is information that you'll find on slide eight. Now in Bell Bay in particular, on slide nine, you'll see this material. The Wilderness Society was arguing that the federal minister had made several errors of law in exercising 
decision-making powers under the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act of 1999. So again, the Minister was making decisions uh, under the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. The Wilderness Society was arguing that the, the Minister had made errors in making decisions according to the legislation and was asking the, the court then to review those decisions. So the legislation, as I said, the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act of 1977 provides us with uh, Section 5 and Section 6, which provide the grounds that the Wilderness Society was able to bring this matter to the court. So under Section 5, a person may bring a decision for, for judicial review by the federal court when there's been a breach of rules of natural justice or procedural fairness or when there's been an improper exercise of power. That might include using irrelevant considerations in coming to a decision, not using relevant considerations in making a decision or uh, making a decision that is so unreasonable that no reasonable person could have exercised the power in that way. And if you look at slide 10 and 11, you'll see more detail about the grounds that section five of the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act provides. Now, section six of that same act, the uh, Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act at the Commonwealth level, it relates to um, conduct in particular in making a decision and it provides grounds for a person aggrieved by that conduct and allows an aggrieved person to bring a case to the court for judicial review. And you'll see more detail about those grounds on slides 13 and 14. So section five and section six of the Judicial Review Act provide the grounds uh, that a person is able to bring a decision for judicial review to the federal court. But why was the Wilderness Society able to bring this action in the first place? What was their standing? So when we're talking about standing, it's what enables a person to bring um, a case to the court in the first place. So why was the Wilderness Society able to bring the action? We know that the, the legislation, section five and six of the Judicial Review Act, provides the grounds that can be used to bring a matter to the court. But how does uh, the Wilderness Society have the standing to, to bring those matters to the court in the first place. Remember that not everyone can just go to court if they want to. They need to have what's called standing, which gives them um, a starting point that, that allows the court to recognise that this is a person who is able to bring a matter before the court to have it resolved. Now, under, under common law, 
standing uh, the standing needed that needed to be met was that a person need to have a, needed to have a good reason to bring a case. And this is on slide 19. Good reasons included or do include having a personal interest and being materially affected by the decision. That's the position under the common law. So the common law exists um, separately from statute, from legislation. And the position under common law is that a person with a good reason, who is someone who has a personal interest or is materially affected by a decision, is able to bring a case for judicial review. They have the right standing. That's a pretty narrow, um, a narrow gate, if you like, to get through. Um, and legislation has then been used to bring into force law that's broadened the standing rules in relation to judicial review, made it slightly easier, if you like, for um, people to bring a case, to have standing to bring a case for judicial review and access justice. So the standing is also something that's provided by the, the Administered Decisions Judicial Review Act. Uh, and that act provides for, under sections five and six, a person who is aggrieved. So a person who is aggrieved under the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act is able or has standing to bring a case for judicial review to the federal court. But this also needs to be read, this standing, that uh, that provision that a person who is aggrieved can bring a case also needs to be read in conjunction with section 487 of the Environmental Planning and Assessment Act. Because what that does, that legislation ex extends the standing for judicial review. So section 487 of the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act extends the position that is provided by the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act. So the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act allows a person who is aggrieved or whose interests are adversely affected to bring a case for judicial review. The Environment Protection and Biodiversity Act, uh, Biodiversity Conservation Act, then goes on to say in section 487, um, that an individual or an organisation can be a person aggrieved if they have particular interests in the environment and they are uh, based within Australia. Now, if you see slide 20 in the, uh, in the slide collection, you will see some specific examples of a person aggrieved in relation to environmental matters. So that's under section 487 and you'll see that section um, from the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act reproduced on slide number 21. So to answer the, the question of why the Wilderness Society were able to bring the, the action in the first place to the federal court, the answer is that the Wilderness Society 
was able to do that, bring the case for judicial review, because they were a person aggrieved under the Administrative Decisions Judicial Review Act, as expanded by Section 487 of the EPBC Act. Though that's the reason why the Wilderness Society was able to bring the case to the court in the first place. Now that's pretty much um, a good starting point for us and that's where we'll bring the first of our podcasts to a close. In the next podcast we'll look at the remedies that the Wilderness Society were seeking and then go on to look a bit more about um, what it is in the EPBC Act that the Wilderness Society was um, concerned about.